E-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys are in store for a good one this week. That's right. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to you longtime listeners and you new listeners alike. You are in store, yes, for another phenomenal episode and another great guest this week. Joined by WWE's Kane and now mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs joins the Brian Nichols Show to discuss what it's like being a mayor during a COVID-19 lockdown, but also how can we as uh, libertarians, small libertarians in uh, the case of Mayor Jacobs, uh, actually implement some long-lasting libertarian policy and show, hey, we're not just these guys who argue on Facebook and social media all the time. Our ideas actually work and make people's lives better. So with that being said, it's a conversation worth sharing. Do me a favor, share with family and friends. But with that being said, on to the show, Mayor Glenn Jacobs here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Early morning podcast session here on the East Coast as we're recording a day after the vice presidential debate. Um, hard to imagine. We're, we're both up in Adams so bright and early after a, a crazy night. Did you get the chance to watch that last night, Mayor? Yeah, I didn't. I watched the reactions. I actually did not see the debate itself. Uh, I I watched some of the first debate with the uh, presidential candidates with Trump versus Biden. uh, And that was really kind of an assault on all your senses with all the things going on there. Um, I've had the opportunity to hear Mike Pence speak in person. And he's an unbelievable orator, just tremendous. Uh, And so I'm sure it was a great debate. And I'm sure that they each held their own, uh, you know, in what what was discussed. Uh, No, but what was your overall impression? Like I said, I didn't get to see it. I've seen some of the reactions, but those are always, you know, coming through filters of whoever happens to be the commentator. Yeah, I honestly so. 
it became more and more apparent quite quite candidly that like Kamala Harris is not good at debating. Um, it was yeah. quite obvious when she was on the Democratic debate stage in the primaries, especially when Tulsi landed that that kill shot there right. about no, um, yeah. yeah medical yeah. marijuana. And and uh, yeah. you know the I'd say probably the the biggest part from the debate, excluding the fly that landed on Mike Pence's hair, was in fact uh, Mike Pence echoing kind of the the Tulsi Gabbard line about okay. Kamala Harris, you want to have this conversation about criminal justice reform when you were a prosecuting a DA in, in California, you went after folks who were using uh, marijuana while you yourself were using marijuana and you admitted to it. And, and I mean, that is, it's such a kill shot. And then it's actually funny. I was just talking to uh, Joe Hartman. He's a, a gentleman running for, for Congress as a libertarian. And he was uh, speaking to how when we see our friends from the left and the right, and they're trying to make like these emotional arguments to people like, ah, well, see, this is where I got you. They almost always make libertarian like yeah, leading right. arguments, right? <laughs> so, so Mayor Jacobs, I would love to actually kind of maybe start off here because your your background obviously was not politics. Your background started out; you were the WWE as the the world renowned Kane. Um, but you you drifted towards politics. Um, I, I think it was uh your your cohort there, uh, Val Venus, who who said that, hey, you're a libertarian. That's according to my my producer, by the way, Corey is a huge fan of wrestling so he said i had to make sure i brought up val venus for you because he said that he brought you towards libertarianism and i'd love to hear because i think it is an idea that kind of it tugs at the heartstrings of your average person because it does come to the idea of don't hurt people don't take their stuff good friend matt kibbe he said that and i think your average person agrees with that so mayor jacobs what kind of was it that was your stepping stone if you will towards this uh this libertarian philosophy and idea that you found yourself in sure it actually uh val didn't direct me towards that. He was the first person who identified the term for me. Um, I'd always been somewhat interested in government and politics. And I think, as you said, naturally, most of us at our core are that as long as you're not hurting anybody, you should be left alone. Uh, And government's job is not to do all these things for you and take your money and say they're doing all these wonderful things. It's to protect your liberties. I mean, that's what the founding fathers, um, when when Thomas Jefferson uh, composed the Declaration of Independence, that's the idea that this nation is founded on above all else. Um, and that's what I'd always believed. So I'd, I'd had trouble whether I was conservative or liberal because, uh, and especially back, this is the late 1990s, um, and I agreed with definitely with conservatives on fiscal matters, but you're also going through a lot of the, the really, um, the cultural stuff. Okay. And I was like, look, I don't care as long as you're not in in my own life. I'm, I'm pretty socially conservative. Okay. I, you know, I really am. Um, but I don't think the government's job is to force that on people. I think, I think society, you know, as a whole is better when those are the values that we aspire to. And I think that all of us should promote those values, but it's not government's job to do that. Yeah. And so when I told Val that he was like, you sound like a libertarian. And I always considered myself much more of, you know, of a conservative, uh, which I still am a libertarian conservative, but um, I, I thought he was calling me names. I was like, I was literally like, I will punch you in the face if you call me a bad name like that again. Right. Um, that kind of led me down a path because I, I never really heard that term before for whatever reason. Uh, so that kind of led me down a path where I realized that it wasn't about the political party. It was about the philosophy. Uh, and along the way, uh, you know, I, I discovered I'd Ron Paul turned a lot of people onto libertarianism. 
through his campaign. Well, I already was in that camp. And then I learned about Ron Paul and I was like, wow, this guy's awesome. And he's a Republican, but he actually is abiding by pretty much what the Republican national platform is. And the same with Rand Paul and, and Thomas Massey, uh, you know, all these people are Republicans, but they're actually real conservatives. And that's one of my definitions too. You know, you have like the conservatives who campaign as conservatives, but when they get into office, they're not really that fiscally conservative. Whereas we libertarians, when we say we're fiscally conservative, we mean it. And when we get into office, we act like that. Um, but, but that's long story short, that's it. Um, is really when when I I heard of the term and that compelled me to learn more about the philosophy, which changed my life and my outlook on on thinking both politically, also with economics, actually kind of in a spiritual way as well, because I think that all those things tie in together. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, it's it, it's what you're doing in Knox County, actually, is speaking to where I think we libertarians, sometimes we drop the ball because we, we like to talk about this stuff on a grand scale, macro scale. We're trying to always convince people, you know, vote for our presidential candidate. We're the best. But I think your average person, they're a little disconnected from a true libertarian philosophy from the name. Because as to your point, it's yeah. not something that you honestly hear that often. So I, I think what you're doing, obviously, being the mayor of Knox County as a, you know, a self-identified small L libertarian, it's helping us, you know, some of the, the bigger L libertarians or, you know, the, the other self-identified small libertarians to say, hey, you know, if you're looking to, to know what does it mean to be a libertarian? Well, number one, look no further than Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. But number two, look at what has actually been uh, you know, some positive consequences of a libertarian governing philosophy. So let's kind of start there. Mayor Jacobs, you've been in office now for a few years and you've had the chance to to really um, you know, start to make a footprint on Knox County as a libertarian. So what would you say are some of the, the major wins that you've had as a libertarian that we can tout um, for, for the libertarian record across the, uh, the nation? We haven't raised taxes, which is, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, I, I'm in a very I inherited a good situation. My predecessor uh, was a lot like I am. Uh, he's now Congressman Tim Burchett, but he's also a self-identified libertarian, uh, Republican, but who has an actual small government philosophy. Um, so he left a good situation for me and there wasn't, I didn't have to come in and clean up a whole lot of stuff. Um, but we've been able to keep taxes low, uh, which I'm very happy about. Uh, we've looked really, you know, like my governing philosophy, it's, it's, it's return on investment. Okay. If we're going to spend money on this, what's the return? And, you know, it's not just, hey, let's throw money at this and they'll fix it. That, that's not how it works. And also working with the private sector uh, in order to achieve uh, better results, more effective results, and frankly, things the government can't do. One of the one of the things that we did, we have the uh, we've been especially hard hit by the drug epidemic here in Knox County. Uh, and when we look at the tools the government has, you can throw people in jail. That yeah. hasn't really worked very well. Uh, you know, or we, we can go to the private sector, especially to the faith-based community and say, hey, this is a real problem. And can you all help? And uh, the amazing thing is that sometimes people, they don't even know that that is something going on. And what, what government can do is bring awareness to issues and go and say, hey, we, we can't fix this. Okay. But you guys can help. 
And sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, we uh, talked with some of the, the churches in town and they all, they all have new pastors. They're all young pastors. They all want to work together and they form their own network and they are themselves fighting against the drug problem here and doing it in ways that government can't do it. And, and also so, so much more effectively. I mean, they're already, uh, one of the things that they've already done is put together an outpatient uh, treatment facility. If we had tried to do that, it would have taken us years. They were able to do it in a matter of months. Um, because, you know, and part of that, just the way the government works, you know, we all get frustrated because government is slow. There's a reason it is slow and you kind of want it that way because you want that transparency. You want everybody to, you know, to, to, to be able to have input in the private sector, you can make a decision and you don't have to get all these bids from all these different people and go through a process and do all that stuff. You can just say, this is what we're going to do. Let's do it. You can't do that in government. You don't want government doing that. Yeah. Okay. So the private sector can be much, just on a practical level can be much more nimble and much more effective than, than government is. Um, so, you know, from a libertarian perspective, that's what I'm really proud of is the fact that we haven't grown government. In fact, we've, we have shrank it. Um, we've kept taxes low and we've worked with the private sector uh, in order to do things that normally we would just be like, Oh, uh, you know, let's just spend a lot of money and try to do this and probably get mixed results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the reoccurring themes. Nope. Sorry. Go ahead. There are other stuff. When I look at, you know, um, the things that we've been able to do on, on a governmental level, um, that I'm, I'm pretty happy about and that'll lead to some cost savings. Uh, but the libertarian in me is, is that the taxes are the big things. Like, Hey man, you know, we, we're letting people keep their money. <laughs> well, I was gonna say one of the main things that was, a uh, that was constantly brought up again last night was this idea from the, I'd actually say from not just um, Kamala Harris, but also from Mike Pence is that the government is going to be investing in certain areas. The government is going to be the ones that are going to be helping solve these issues. And I think a lot of people were were sitting there, and I, I say that because, I, I mean, I was obviously perusing social media. I was seeing what the, the scuttlebutt was, and, and your average person was like, how? Like, how are they going to fix that? Because they're looking around right now, Mayor Jacobs, and they're seeing a government that's supposed to be taking care of us, air quotes, very big on, on taking care of us, during a COVID-19 pandemic. And yet... And yet here we are and uh, they're doing such a terrible job at helping us keep the, the pandemic, uh, you know, lockdowns um, able to, to keep the country going that now people are saying, well, you know, should we have them in charge of our health care? Should we have these people in charge of name the, the government uh, policy or institution? So I guess, you know, Mayor Jacobs, where where do you think libertarians? Because, yes, we are reaching, you know, obviously, and you're speaking to the, the local level. But like where are libertarians losing that messaging maybe for folks who are in the hey, we're going to keep our, our government health care. But hey, maybe the government's not doing too hot with this uh, this pandemic lockdown response. Unfortunately, it's an uphill battle because, um, you know, just the left now is on the march and uh, we see it in media. Uh, we just we just see it everywhere. And I think that also it's so much of it now has become about personality, uh, especially with President Trump. And it's funny because I was listening to a podcast this morning and um, that's exactly what they were they were saying as well. Uh, and this is much more conservative um audience uh, and uh, commentator but nevertheless you know we've gotten so wrapped up in trump and this happens that we've we've forgotten about policies and then actually that's one of the amazing things to me if you, if you look at trump even from a libertarian perspective he's been pretty good on policies and there's some stuff that i 
that I disagree with him on. But like you look at criminal justice reform, he's been great yep. compared to even it's come before him. Um, but the problem is his personality is is so strong and really turns people off. And the left has taken that now and uh, basically leverage that in, in order to say, hey, ignore our policies, which are going to be horrific. And just you, everybody hates Trump. And that's literally what this election has come to, um, despite the fact that, uh, again, you know, is. Uh, Trump is a mixed bag. And, you know, in general, I, I do, you know, say he's, he's a lot better than, than what I anticipated and certainly Hillary Clinton would have been. Um, but this election really is about the, the direction that America is going to go. Are we going to, you know, keep kind of, e even though we've never certainly been perfect, are we going to keep to those moorings of a constitutional Republic? Um, or are we just going to veer off into a really hard left, a socialist, uh, Democratic Socialist state. Um, sorry. So, you know, and that's that's how the media has has framed this. It's how the media has framed it as well. And I think that's one of the problems that libertarians have outside of people and people like you, people like John Stossel and some others, uh, Judge Napolitano. We just don't have that big foothold in the mass media. And they are the ones who are able to tell the narrative, especially about the libertarians are all crazy, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. Well, we're all crazy. We don't care about anybody. You know, we're social Darwinists who just want everybody to fend for themselves and to die, which none of that's true. But that's the narrative that has been promoted. And I think, too, that I think many libertarians um, don't don't take the 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 philosophy and don't apply it in a practical manner when you're talking with other people and libertarians would all too often argue about how many angels you can fit on the head of a pen as opposed to actually looking at issues and then and then solutions and not the solutions aren't always going to be you know Rand Paul gets criticized because not he's not a pure libertarian Rand Paul's probably kept us out of a war in Iran I'll take that Okay, you know, he's done some other great stuff, but because he's not a pure libertarian, oh my gosh, I can't support him. No, you know, you support the person that's going to take you in the direction that you want to go. That may not be perfect, but let's at least, you know, we're all in this train, and the train I think we can agree is going in the wrong direction. So let's get on board with the people who are at least going to slow it down and try to take it in the right direction. And then after we do that, we can start talking about, eh, I want to get off the train now. That's fine. But you know, too many libertarians would rather criticize other people and other folks. And I've seen that with Ron too. You know, people jump on Ron about stuff and it's like, you know, this guy has done more for the libertarian movement since anyone, right? Anyway. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, realizing that there are practical applications. And when we're talking with people, uh, we need to be better marketers, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes. You know, and we're all really good political philosophers but we need to understand how to sell the philosophy. Oh and man, you're 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 singing to my yeah. heartstrings, Mayor Jacobs, because this is actually like this has been the running theme of the show the past like two months. It's about how we sell liberty. I actually just um I was speaking on a, a panel back last week, and and Spike Cohen, the vice presidential nominee for the uh, Libertarian Party, was on, and and he was actually this is something he's been speaking about as well is that you need to meet people 
where they're at. You need to talk to what right. it is that's making your average person tick. Because if you're just white noise to your average person, that's that's going to be what you are, is white noise. You, you need to talk to what is making that person concerned when they wake up in the morning. You know, if we're talking about the lockdowns right now, I, I, I don't know how libertarians are missing the message. Go talk about the lockdowns. You had how many, 22 million Americans file for unemployment in in matter of like weeks? Like that is earth shattering. You have businesses closing left and right, bankruptcies. You have like institutions, American institution of these companies that are being closed left and right. And I don't see really any political party. I mean, Trump kind of has touched on it. He, he kind of did in the first debate until it went into what it was the debate. But I mean, that's something <laughs> I think. I think that's something that we we should be focusing on because it really is impacting your average person at a very real fundamental level. Yes, it is. Uh, and and all the secondary impacts of that. We look at mental health. We look here in Knox County at uh, we had a we had a pretty significant spike in suicides. Now that's leveled off, but the thing was that the, the trend was going down and the trend completely reversed. Okay, um, our drug overdose deaths have gone through the roof, and they were going down too, and now they've reversed and just shot up. Our homicides are way up. You know, now whether violent crime, and I, I think it is. I, I think it's kind of just that morass that society is in right now. Um, and then the long-term effects. You know, we look at, at education and kids being in school. You know, and even though you know those that are for school choice. You know, that's a difference. That's a different subject at this point. You know, something, you know, we're leaving behind an entire generation of children now, especially at risk kids. You know, here in Knox County, again, one of the things that we're concerned with is uh, disparities in outcomes and the fact that you ask know, at risk kids don't perform as well as they move through school as, you know, kids uh, from, from, from more affluent families do. What do you think is going to happen? when none of these kids are at school and they don't have the role models that they would normally have and their teachers and their coaches and principals, okay, and school administrators. Those are all issues that have just been swept under the rug. And we just said, oh, if we just put our fist down and try to smash this thing, and that that doesn't even work. I mean, look at what's happening in New York City right now, New York State. Anthony Fauci a few weeks ago, oh, New York's got it going on. They did the right thing. Yeah, well, great, dude. You know, what do you think happens as soon as this, this thing is a virus? It's it's terrible. It's sad. But you can either keep people at home and completely destroy the economy, send us back to the Stone Age, and you might get rid of it. Or we have to figure out a way to live with it, which means you cannot shut the economy down. But But if you go the lockdown route, the minute you open back up, you're going to see, you know, you're going to see things, things, the, the virus is going to spread. That's what they do. That's nature. Um, and we've seen that everywhere around the world that it's happened too. So certainly lockdowns aren't the answer. And you get into the situation where that cure is actually worse than the disease. Uh, and, and just, just again, all those secondary effects, not only the horrible idea that people lose their businesses, people lose their jobs, uh, you know, and everything that that radiates through, but then everything that radiates off of that. Oh, yeah. And, and it's because it's, it's this heavy hand of government, which just says, you know, that we're just going to, you know, that's how it's going to get solved. And there's only one way to solve it. And this is what everybody's going to do. And that just doesn't work. And it doesn't work in this situation. 
situation. It doesn't work really in any situation. Yeah, when, when you're only a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And that's kind of the way that government has approached really any policy. And the sad thing is that the government, the really the only thing it really has a legitimate means to do is have the monopoly on violence. And other than that, government tries to do these different services and, and, and it just it wholly is inefficient at doing it and offers a subpar service when you compare it to its private sector services. I mean, my day job, I'm in telecom. I, I'm a director of sales and I'm, I look at, you know, where we came from a telecom industry from the nineties to now so quickly based on the fact that we, we deregulated the telecom industry and we opened up the marketplace. Right. And just to see the advancements in the internet, I mean, goodness, we're, you know, you're down in Tennessee. I'm up here in Pennsylvania and we're having a conversation face to face. Like that is entirely due to the, the ad, of the internet and the expansion of the internet and that was entirely due to the fact that the government has really gotten its hand in in this case out of the internet sector but then like you fast forward 20 years and we're having the exact same conversation on the flip because people are then arguing for net neutrality so i think part of it mayor jacobs kind of, kind of interesting just to, that, that sorry to cut you no, off go ahead, please when we look at the telecom industry and technology industry compare that to healthcare. oh my god night and day right and one is is relatively free of regulation and then the other is heavily regulated one we keep on getting a better product at a lower price the other we keep on seeing the price go up and up and up and the quality drops and to me that's just a natural that's just a natural uh comparison to to see organically what happens when you have a heavily regulated heavily subsidized market Versus a free market Absolutely. and the free market performs so much better than the other one does without a doubt. And we're seeing right now. I mean, you look at states like you mentioned New York, but look at Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, these Democratic led uh, states within the big cities. I'm thinking, you know, Philadelphia, New York City and these Democratic mayors. And when they did shut down everything. You see the economic consequences and ramifications, and then you look at states like South Dakota. Christy Nome, she didn't shut down. She, they, 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 you know, they were cautious, but she said, "Hey, I trust my people in the state of, of South Dakota to make educated decisions like adults." And and this is the part that drives me crazy is that people think that this would have happened. You know, that that, that we need government to, to shut down everything, otherwise this was going to destroy America. It's like no, businesses were already starting to shut down. South by Southwest, which is one of the largest conferences in, in the, the country, they shut down a week before the government started to mandate these lockdowns, and that was a huge financial decision. So there's there's a lot of implications that were being uh, made behind the scenes, and we don't need again this this overarching just you know rubber stamp government says edict here and and it's going to be you know for the entire country. And that was one thing I, I will say, Mayor Jacobs, that was scary listening to not just the debate with uh, Joe Biden and President Trump, but with, with Kamala Harris and, and Mike Pence was that the idea of a you know kind of universal lockdown, which I, I'm sure will be challenged at a, a court level, um, and it is being challenged in many states, um, but. There seems to be this growing sentiment that this, you know, this top-down federal control over not just the various states, but the localities within these states, that seems to be more and more embraced by our friends on the left. So I guess I, I, I'm much more about having conversations and trying to build bridges. I don't want to tell my friends on the left, you're wrong. This is a bad idea. I want to help them understand that this is, is it's setting up very negative long-term uh, you know, consequences in the future. How do we have that conversation to then build that bridge, get them on our side from a principled standpoint, and then hopefully save things from going crazy in the future? Well, I think that is the conversation. Unfortunately, libertarians tend to be the ones that have it. And other people, again, tell us we're nuts. Uh, and 
you know, because the, the thing is, it's not the person who's in power. It's the position, what the position's able to do. The person's important, too. OK, but like here in Tennessee, uh, our governor, Bill Lee, um, has done, you know, he's, he's not not Christine Nolan, but he's done a good job. We were one of the last states to kind of shut things down. We were one of the first states to open things back up. Uh, he's taken a hands off approach with the counties and said, you know, you guys can do what you feel that you need to do. Um, you know, at the same time, at the state level, he's like, this is what we would like to do. Um, but he has not been heavy handed at all, especially when compared uh, to many other places around the country. And we're, we're benefiting from that. I mean, we're bouncing back really quickly. Um, but thank God, Bill Lee is governor of Tennessee and not Gretchen Whitmer, okay? Um, and and that's, that is the issue. It's, it's the precedent that's set, okay? Um, and then unfortunately, Republicans do the same thing in many cases. Like, you know, we want this power because our guy can use it your guy's not going to be there forever for our friends on the left. You know, um, Trump's actually, he's actually been a federalist about the pandemic. Right. And he said, I'm not going to interfere with the States. You know, they, they do their own thing. Um, and so, you know, okay. If you like the lockdowns and stuff, you know, he could have said, no, no one can do that. Exactly. Exactly. So, which I would actually like, you know, people like that would have been the right thing to do. Uh, But nevertheless, he respected, the autonomy and sovereignty of the states in those areas. Um, now, if you set the precedent that the president come in and tell the states to do whatever he says to do, well, you know, what happens when you have someone else that you don't like who's a Republican? And I think that's, that is, is just uh, a worthwhile conversation is always pointing out your guy's not the person that's going to be there forever. And we've seen that time and time again, you know, we've seen that with, you know, things like, okay, with like the RICO laws, and they were written, uh, you know, for the, the mafia, right? And for organized crime. Well, now they've been taken and just used for all sorts of different things, you know, and whether, you know, I mean, but maybe that was, uh, you know, maybe that was appropriate. Maybe it was needed at the time, but the limitations, you know, the limitations weren't put in place that would have kept it from use, being used for other things. Um, and that's always the issue. I think that, people like you and me, and I was thinking about this this morning, um, we don't think so much about what government can do for us. We worry about what government can do to us. And I think that's how the the conversation needs to get shifted. You know, we all see government as this wonderful thing that can accomplish all this stuff. But as you said, it has one tool, and that's a hammer. Sometimes you have to use a hammer. I get it. At the same point in time, you know, the hammer can be dangerous because if it's used against you, uh, that that's a problem. Um, So, you know, I I, I don't know exactly how to answer that other than just to say, you know, you just always have to keep on pointing out that uh, it's the precedent. It's dangerous, you know, and and even sometimes libertarians, like, you know, some stuff I'm like, you know, okay, they might be necessary for a short time. And, you know, the problem is, though, you know, it's not going to be for a short time. You know, now you've set the precedent that, uh, it's going to be used again in the future in some way. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, we see it all time and again. I mean, goodness, name the movie. I mean, Star Wars, this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. We see it time and again. Um, but I guess, you know, because we are getting close to time here, Mayor Jacobs, and I, I did want to kind of wrap up with 
uh, a look to the future, right? Because obviously folks listening to you here on the Brian Nichols show and have heard you on, on many podcasts before, they, they say, hey, this guy, he not only is is articulate, he can talk about what, what it is that we believe, um, but I think that you, you dare, dare I say, have the, the stature um, being what, seven foot tall, um, give or take, um, to, to present yourself on a, a national stage as a real credible alternative and consideration um, for, I would say, a higher office one day. So I know it's the elephant in the room, Mayor Jacobs, but with that being said, any uh, political aspirations eight, ten years from now, where, where do you kind of see yourself in, in the future? Well, I, I really think uh, this election is crucial just because it is going to map out the future of the country. And I think our country is going to change. I, I don't think that this whole uh, between the pandemic, um, the civil unrest and everything, uh, I don't think it, it's not going away and, and it has changed our country and will continue to change. Um, so I don't know what our country looks like uh, over the next several years. Fair. Um, and I think that it's very important then for folks uh, who are concerned uh, about freedom and about liberty. And that's why I got into this is because I've, man, if I died tomorrow, I've lived a great life. Uh, I've been extremely blessed. Uh, I've lived in the greatest country the world's ever known, and I've experienced opportunities that that freedom allows people. Uh, I don't know that my grandkids are going to be the same, They're going to have the same opportunities. And that's why I got into this, was to ensure the best I could that they will. Um, so for those of us who are concerned about that, I think that state and local government is, is extremely important, extraordinarily important, maybe more so than it's ever been before. Um, so I don't know what the future holds. I just want to do the best job that I can uh, here as mayor of Knox County and uh, you know, see what happens after that. Um, and well, regardless of what that future holds, Mayor Jacobs, you always have a friend here at the Brian Nichols Show. And if you have any you know, announcements one day that you wanted to drop, by all means, feel free to give us a buzz. Sounds good. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. No, it's not Carol Baskins, but it is yours truly, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show. So, speaking of cool cats, before we get started with today's episode, I have to tell you about our fantastic new sponsor. That's right, you know him, you love him. It is our friends over at the Lions of Liberty podcast. Now, the Lions of Liberty is the greatest libertarian variety show on earth, featuring three unique shows with three unique hosts. Their flagship show on Mondays is hosted by a friend of our show, Mark Clare, featuring interviews with leaders in the libertarian movement, roundtable discussions, debates, and more. More recently, Mark's been focusing on personal development and self-growth, featuring some familiar names like, I don't know, Jason Stapleton or Gary Collins. Wednesdays feature Electric Liberty Land, a weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty hosted by the hilarious and acerbic Brian McWilliams. And on Friday, we have Felony Friday, which is a weekly look at the broken criminal justice system hosted by John Odermatt, featuring inspiring stories from those who've overcome incredible injustice and adversity. So, head over to your favorite podcast catcher and hit that subscribe button to Lions of Liberty, and then let Mark and the rest of the pride know that Brian Nichols here at the Brian Nichols Show sent you. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Mayor Glenn Jacobs here on The Brian Nichols Show. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, and if you did, which I'm sure you did, do me a favor, go ahead and share with some family and friends, and make sure you tag me when you share that with family and friends, at B Nichols Liberty, both on Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, and yes, now over on Parlor. 
Yes, I'm on Parlor. B Nichols Liberty. So make sure you tag me. I'll go ahead and give you a share, retweet, whatever it may be. Um, but also I'm going to ask you in is a favor to me, uh, to me, to the show, and to the rest of the uh, the Liberty Movement. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a quick five star rating and review. Uh, because number one, that's going to move us up the politics podcast rankings. Going to reach more people out there. But number two, it's how people when they see that five star rating, they know. Ooh. This is a good show. And they will read the comments and they want to hear why you started to become a member of the Brian Nichols Show audience. So if you could do me a favor and, and give it a quick, you know, one, two sentence why you joined the audience and then take a screenshot of said uh, said review and send it to me because you're going to be entered into, yes, our brand new giveaway, which is going to be uh, part of our brand new sponsor. And we mentioned them earlier ebles.com so make sure you go ahead and uh, enter into the uh, the giveaway uh, a couple of great prizes that'll be coming there for uh, for some lucky folks who are uh, having their names drawn again email me those screenshots brian at brian show.com and uh, coming up here uh the rest of the shows this week and i say rest of the shows we have one show coming up here on friday and that is with a michigan libertarian congressional candidate for the eighth congressional district out there uh joe hartman he's running out there in michigan as a libertarian yes and uh, it's uh, what a battle it's got to be <laughs> being uh, a third party right now, especially when things are so heated. So Joy, uh, Joe joins the show to discuss how it's been being a libertarian candidate and actually how he's having some real lasting conversation with folks and, hey, changing some people's minds. So uh, if you guys do me a favor, make sure you hit subscribe over on briannicholsshow.com so you don't miss a single episode. But that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off. You're on the Brian Nichols Show for Mayor Glenn Jacobs. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.